ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. On this podcast, we're going to go back. We're going to take a look back at April 2nd, 1996. On that day, singer Maxwell released his debut album, Maxwell's Urban Hang Suite. And we're going to talk about it as this album celebrates its 25 year anniversary. Is bugged out to think that this album is actually turning 25, but it is. Uh, as I mentioned, the album was released April 2nd, 1996 on Columbia Records. And for me, this album is special because it takes me back to the time in which this album was released. Uh, when this album was released, I was actually still in college. <laughs> and I remember I, I did I did it wasn't an album that I bought like immediately, but um, I bought it maybe a month or so after it had out the, the after it had come out the, the buzz around the streets was uh, you know you need to check this album out and um, I'll be honest prior to getting the album and hearing the singles and everything like I had never heard of Maxwell. <laughs> I didn't know who he was. I didn't know where he was from or anything. And um, you also have to keep in mind that um, this album came out, you know, before the Internet was out. <laughs> so we had no way of knowing, you know, who he was or whatever like that. I mean, I heard the single. Uh, I heard the single before. Did I? Hear this? I think I heard a single before the album came out. But I just I got it off the strength of one of my boys was like, yo, you need to cop this. And so I was like, OK, cool. You know, um, it's interesting for me because I know like at that particular time I was still in college, about to graduate. I would graduate uh, that December of 1996. But, you know, I was a young kid running around the campus of South Carolina State University. Uh, I had a girlfriend at the time. And, um, you know, so I was doing things <laughs> i was in the streets i was outside uh but i will say this much one of the things that brings me back to the memories of this album was kind of the landscape of music uh at the time um again this is the you know this is april of 1996 uh to be honest what was dominating the quote-unquote charts and, and and the airwaves of radio was you know, hip hop, it was, um, this was the time of, you know, Biggie and Tupac and Death Row and Bad Boy. And, you know, the South was bubbling and, you know, music really had a different sound. Um, and to be honest, to some degree, R&B music was being kind of drowned out to some degree. Uh, but there was a movement bubbling, if you will. Um, and this album kind of help that particular movement that was bubbling and that was quote unquote neo soul um a lot of people credit uh d'angelo's brown sugar which came out in 1995 and this album maxwell's urban hang suite as well as 
uh, Erica Badu's Baduism in 19, which came out in 1997 as, you know, the groundbreaking genre of neo soul. Um, but like I said, it, it was it was something different and it had a different vibe and a different feel to it. It wasn't like your traditional R&B. And I'll get into that as far as I talk about when I talk about the, uh, you know, the breakdown of the album. But like I said, I didn't know much about this guy. In fact, in fact, I knew very little. I would later find out that Maxwell was a guy who was actually born named Gerald Maxwell Rivera. Uh, he was um, mostly raised by his mother in Brooklyn's uh, East New York neighborhood. Uh, his mother was Haitian. And his father was Puerto Rican. Uh, unfortunately, his father died in a plane crash when Maxwell was three years old. Um, Maxwell was a cat who started, you know, music and started creating music at the age of 17, which is bugged out because, you know, growing up in New York at that time, you would think uh, a lot of kids his age, I'm sure, were into hip hop and not necessarily into, you know, <laughs> R&B or any type of music that wasn't associated with hip hop, but that's who he was. And, um, you know, he, he started create creating music and ultimately would create, uh, his debut album called Maxwell's urban hang suite. Um, this album, when it was released, uh, like I said, it was, it was, it was so different. It was so melodic. It was so soulful. It was so, so much of a pleasure to listen to. Uh, this album ultimately uh, was certified platinum. Um, it reached number 37 on the Billboard album 200 chart. Um, and I think it was number eight on the album chart. Um, and Maxwell actually earned his first Grammy Award nomination for best R&B album. Uh, he eventually would lose, <laughs> I don't know how, to the uh, Tony Rich project. Um, but he he ultimately earned uh, NAACP awards for this album. Uh, he got the Soul Train Award uh, for this album for Best Male R&B Album, Best Male R&B Single uh, for Ascension, Don't Ever Wonder, and uh, Best New Artist, uh, Best R&B Rap Soul. And, you know, this was a pretty good, pretty big accomplishment for someone who, you know, whose label Columbia Records didn't think that he would be, you know, marketable um, because of the type of music that he made. Now, Maxwell was a guy who there was, uh, I guess the best way that I can describe it was there was a certain aura around him. He didn't really do from what I remember, he didn't really do a lot of media and a lot of press. Uh, and that's still true to this day. He doesn't he doesn't you know talk a lot to the media, anything like that. Um, and so here he was this uh, he had the, like this Afro and, uh, you know, I guess when you start listening to the album and its contents and, and what he actually talked about. Um, for the ladies, you know, and for some men, I guess, you know, Maxwell became somewhat of a sex symbol Um but when you add all of that together, it was a perfect storm. Um, and this was an incredible piece of work. Uh, as far as the production, Maxwell wrote and produced most of this album himself. 
um, much of Urban Hang Suite is done by Maxwell. And you look at the credits. Um, he also had some co-producers, uh, Peter Mokran and Stuart Matthewman. Uh, but other than that, it was pretty much just Maxwell. Um, I do know that he used uh, Marvin Gaye's producer Leon Ware to co-write uh, Something Something, which is a song that I'll talk about in just a few on the album. Um, and this album was recorded in different places. He recorded some of it at his home. Uh, he also recorded it at uh, Sorcerer Ch- uh, Chung king studios uh and as well as the legendary electric lady studios in new york city Uh, of course that is Jimi hendrix's studio um so he's a little bit all over the place when it came time to record this album and that and that had partly to do with he didn't have a big budget to actually record this album from columbia and so he kind of you know did different things as far as putting it together because obviously studio time was you know was very uh expensive um but nonetheless what he what they were able to craft out both he and his team was an incredible body of work um the album is running time is right at about 65 minutes uh and when you listen to it there's a theme uh the theme is based on a relationship that Maxwell had uh, prior to, you know, recording this album. And I'll get into it. But first, I want to get into the tracks. Um, the album starts off with the urban theme, uh, instrumental, and this is two minutes of two minutes and forty two seconds, and it is incredible. Just a real smooth good flowing feel good music to start an album and I remember listening to it for the first time and it said urban theme and I saw you know how long the the song was two minutes and 42 seconds and I I was thinking okay well you know okay he's gonna sing start singing (laughs) at any point and he didn't and I was like okay so this is uh almost three minute instrumental okay that's you know it's different for an R&B album um but nonetheless, uh, that's how the album started off. Uh, then we went to track two, Welcome, um, written by Maxwell and produced by Maxwell and Stuart uh, Matthewman. This track is, um, I just, the thing that always comes to mind when I listen to this is how funky it is. Um, and it really, really sets the tempo for what you're about to hear on the rest of the album. Uh, then we get to the aforementioned track three, something, something. Um, again, Maxwell and Leon Ware did that. Um, this is one of my favorite tracks on the album. Uh, there is an ongoing debate um, as to which song was better, uh, the original something, something, or the something, something uh, mellow remix, uh, which appeared on the Love Jones soundtrack. Uh, I love both, but I, I think um I think the the remix is slightly better, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but again, a dope dope track. Uh, then track four, Ascension. 
um, Ascension was the second single that was released. Uh, Don't Ever Wonder. Man, listen. That song, even to this day, it's, I, I, can't, I can't even call it up-tempo. It's just got a groove. It's, it's a jam. It's something that, you know, when you and especially when you're listening to it, you really understand where he's coming from. You know, Maxwell is 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 really courting her at this point um, in the song. Uh, then we move to track five, Dance With Me, uh, which is a six minute, 15 a second song. And this is probably the fastest song on the album. And it's not relatively that fast. I mean, it's, it's fast when you compare it to the other songs, but it's not your typical da- uh, dance song or what have you, but it's called Dance With Me. And um, I like this joint, man. I, I like this joint. It, it sits perfectly in the middle of this album. Then we get to track six. <laughs> Till the Cops Come Knocking. Um That one is self-explanatory, but Maxwell goes on this. uh, He he gets into this song as far as, you know, telling her what he wants to do. And it's very sensual, very sexual. And uh, it's a really, really dope track. It it still, you know, resonates uh, with a lot of people. It it is one of those, if if you're going to, if you're going to put it on your, Slow jams, get the draws tape uh, till the cops come knocking needs to be on your slow jam. Get the draws tape. (laughs) Uh, Track seven is where the album takes a turn because of the subject matter. Uh, Whenever, wherever, whatever. Uh, As you listen to this song, you understand that they are as he's experiencing some type of conflict and breakup within this uh, within this song because this album and I'll touch on it in just a few this album is a concept album based on his past relationships and this it kind of speaks to a specific relationship and this is where the relationship where it went from courting to courting each other to, to, to being a couple to a breakup and then track eight uh, Lonely's The Only Company 1 and 2 um, this joint right here is 6 minutes 22 seconds and when you listen to it you know you, you can't help but really feel for what he's saying and he as he goes in and um, you know I think uh, I think Maxwell really hit it out the park with this particular song um then there's track nine, Reunion. Reunion speaks to just that, you know, wherein the relationship went south and now we're coming back together. Uh, really, really dope track. I really like this one a lot as well. Um, track 10, Sweet Lady, The Proposal Jam. Um, love this one. Maxwell really takes us there and the way that he sings and the way that he sounds, I think, you know, if you are a love of music like me, it draws you in. 
And I think on this particular track, uh, you can't help but be drawn in. And uh, it's the proposal. It's, it's okay, hey, we're not courting anymore. We're not chilling anymore. We're not kicking it anymore. We are together. I want you to be my wife. Um, and then the album ends with sweet theme. And sweet theme ends at six minutes. And then there's a uh, uh, pause in the album for I think about four or five more minutes and then it ends with uh, an interlude of Till the Cops Come Knocking. And that's the album. It's 11 tracks, um, 11 total tracks. And like I said, just under 65 minutes. Um, this album is an 11 song concept of a journey through a relationship. Uh, it traces the arc of a relationship. So there's highs and there's lows. It goes from him meeting her to, you know, macking her <laughs> to a breakup, to a reunion, to a marriage proposal and to the you know ultimate consummation of them getting married. Um, and all of this is, you know, allegedly, supposedly taking place. Uh, in a period of time in Mal and um, I was gonna say Malcolm, sorry, <laughs> in Maxwell's life, uh, because I mentioned, you know, when you listen to a song like "Welcome," um, it's kind of like it's. I've seen it described as like seductive foreplay, uh, you know, depicting depicting a chance encounter between him and another woman, uh, and then you go from that to songs like "Something Something" to ascension don't ever wonder uh and then you move and get into the bedroom with uh you know till the cops come knocking and then as i mentioned earlier you know the album takes a dramatic shift with whenever wherever whatever uh it's a, it's a mood shift uh and the guitar is inc <laughs> it's incredible on that song um and then you go to a breakup. Lonely's the only company. One and two. And then he sounds very optimistic and hopeful on a song like Reunion, you know, suggesting that they are going to get back together and things are going to be better. Um, and then obviously we get the proposal, Sweet Lady, the proposal jam, where he pledges his life to his lady in internally, uh, eternally, excuse me. And, you know, so the album is bookended with you know the urban theme and the sweet theme so you have those two on the end but then you have these tracks in the middle nine tracks in the middle like I said and it's it's really an incredible piece of work I think um, it's one of those albums that I really have enjoyed particularly as the years have gone by um, you know Maxwell takes his time with each of these songs. Uh, that's one of the things that even as I go back and listen to it now, um, he doesn't rush. And, you know, it's rare these days to find, you know, five, six minute songs uh, on anybody's album, <laughs> no matter the genre. But he manages to do that because he wants you to dive into the music musically. Um 
it's uh like i said this album is based on a on a real live experience that he had in his lifetime uh even if you look in the liner notes uh he dedicates the album to his muse uh he says i never could have done it without you uh but now here's the here's the thing. He never mentions any other public details about this muse. He, you know, as the story goes, uh, he met her while working at a coffee shop. Uh, but Maxwell has managed even through the through now, you know, through these 25 years to keep whatever that relationship was a secret. Uh, he was interviewed and he said in an interview, and I quote, uh, Music is my life, but as a profession, I don't want to interfere with the daily routine of being a human being. Hopefully people will respect that. Close quote. And so what he's done is maintain his privacy. I remember even and it's kind of weird when you think about it. I remember there was so much uh, speculation about it that and he did so very little press to where there was actually speculation that the relationship that he was singing about wasn't necessarily between him and another woman was that of him and another man. But that was just gossip. But that's just, like I said, there was a lot of mystique about it because he was one of those artists that you really couldn't get close to. And he really, he really didn't do a lot of press. And, um, you know, he wanted to keep his privacy as far as who this young lady was uh, to himself. And that added to the mystique of the album. I mean, one, again, he didn't, didn't do a lot of press. So that, that maintained a level of intrigue about it. Um, But Maxwell was a guy who, you know, like I said, stuck to his privacy and and he just kind of kept it like that. But nonetheless, this album is a great listen. If you have not listened to this album, Make sure that you do that as soon as you finish listening to this podcast. Um, I've even found that, you know, when I put it on, I just you you have to put it on. Just let it go. Like it it is so smooth. It is funky. It is jazz. It's neo soul. It's um, you can even if you listen hard enough, you can even detect a little gospel. I, I would be interested to find if if Maxwell was someone who sung in the church growing up. Um, But I love this album. Uh, This album has definitely stood the test of time. It is definitely one of those albums that helped birth the Neo soul movement. Um, And it's definitely something that you should check out, particularly if you're not familiar with Maxwell and his work. Uh, He would go on after this album to uh, release four more albums. Um, honestly, I think this is his best work. Uh, and this is something that, you know, always makes the ladies swoon and always makes the fellas want to play it. You know, um, I just remember uh, at that particular time in my life, like I said, I was in college. I would just put this CD in and me and my girl, we would just get in the car and just ride. You know, we just listen to it and just talk. And, um, you know, that was um, that was that was special. And I think this album has definitely stood the test of time. Uh, this album is a classic, classic R&B album. It's a classic neo-soul album. However you want to describe it, I think it's something that has really stood the test of time. And I think ultimately, that's what Maxwell set out to do. 
ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast because from time to time this year, we will be dropping bonus episodes on Sunday. For now, all of the other podcasts, you know, will drop every Thursday at midnight. Again, I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. 5,000.